Okay, guys, um, it's, it's that hour. It is time. We have the wonderful Jerry Harris, who is um, the pastor of The Crossing, the publisher of The Christian Standard, and now he is introducing a new passion project that has been on his heart forever, and I'm excited to hear more about it. So, Jerry, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you got? Okay, uh, thanks, Megan. Uh, uh, and thanks, Russell Johnson. I see you on this call, and uh, you know, Russell is the great networker and, uh, uh, this, everything I'm sharing has got a lot to do with him. So anyway, I just needed to, I just needed to, to, to give you that bow, buddy. Um, uh, John Baxter is on the call. He's actually pulled over on the side of the road, uh, to do that. And, uh, and John, uh, I don't know if you, how you do that with your phone, but if you need to unmute yourself, if you want to. Uh, talk uh, anytime, just feel free to start hollering and interrupt or whatever. But I'm going to kind of give you the genesis of, uh, of this, like why I'm talking about it, why it's important to me. Uh, and then I want to be able to have some time for any of you to ask questions at the end. So um, it's been a number of years ago because uh, you may be aware of uh, where I minister. Uh, Okay, John is asking me to send him the link. Uh, would you do that, Renee? Could you send him the link? Or I could yep. try to do that. All right. Okay, thank you. Um, so uh, years ago, we were having a problem in our area. It's a very rural area. And we're spread apart, different uh, locations, uh, to be able to develop leaders and uh, to be able to attract leaders uh, from what would I would call the normal pipeline. And so uh, over a period of a couple of years, we developed something called MDI, Ministry Development Institute. So we could raise up people indigenously and teach them uh, the basics of God's word so that, uh, that as they were doing their ministry here at the crossing, they were doing it uh, with excellence, biblical excellence. And we did that for a number of years. Some other churches used that because it was pretty open sourced and uh, didn't require any money or anything like that. So we did that for a number of years. And uh, this ministry pipeline uh, struggle that we had never really went away. We uh, continued to, to have that constant struggle. And we were finding it very difficult to be able to service that through uh, Bible college graduates. And um, anyway, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Clayton and I uh, started working on something that was going to be more substantial. And uh, we came up with a business plan. Uh, we started raising money uh, toward that business plan. And, uh, and we were pretty well along the way until uh, ICOM of last year. I was actually having some strategic meetings with people about this development, and it was basically an online uh, uh, college equivalency that anybody could uh, uh, take advantage of that where you could raise up uh, people indigenously uh, in, your, in your location if you were struggling uh, to find um, anyone for leadership in, in, your, in uh, your area. Like I said, we've had a lot of difficulty in the Bible college. We've right now, I mean, we're a large church, so we have four contracts out right now with Slingshot. We're getting nothing back. 
um, the lines uh, of our distinctives are really blurred uh, when you uh, start working with headhunters uh, like uh, Vander Bloemen or Slingshot or others. And, uh, and so there's, there's just a lot of, of, lot of issues there. And, and it's a common problem. I've talked to a lot of leaders. They're all having this problem. So in my role um, as the uh, publisher of Christian Standard, you know, I have a voice uh, there that kind of goes out through that magazine and our online uh, tools and things like that. And started asking this question, started uh, trying to uh, understand more. And some of my networks, I was doing that as well. And basically what I was seeing was there were three pipelines. There's, uh, there's uh, the, the Bible College pipeline and there's the... Uh, 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 the, uh, gosh, I lost my train of thought. There's, we have a, we have a Bible college pipeline. We have this indigenous, uh, pipeline and some were saying that there's a residency pipeline, but the residency residency pipeline at most churches is, uh, people that are post Bible college. So it really is kind of a redundancy. And, uh, the other one would be headhunters. So, uh, uh, this is a big problem. And uh, I did the. I wanted to do research because I wanted to see, like, uh, objectively what uh, what was actually being produced in our movement as far as leaders. And uh, uh, Matt Proctor turned me on to a, a a website that's publicly accessible where all Bible colleges of all denominations have to report. And so you're able to see. Uh, I mean, uh, drilled down deep, like how many uh, graduates there are, how many of them are in the kind of a role that they would get a paycheck for. And uh, I wrote about this uh, in a ministry pipeline in the, let me see what this is, January, February of 2022. And uh, so there's, a, there's an exhaustive report there that we're producing about 408 graduates a year uh, from all of our Bible colleges in total, uh, that and our our need is exponentially more than that. Another thing I wrote in that article in that uh, magazine issue was something I called invisible renaissance, which is I was able to compare uh, the uh, mega churches from 20 years ago, 1999 to 2019 pre-COVID. And uh, we had grown. If you include churches over 2,000 that weren't that were under 1,000 in 1999, we've grown by 3.48 times. So the issue of leadership in 1999 has been exponentially increased. Like the seriousness of it has increased because we have 3.48 times more people going to our churches than we're going 20. Uh, 24 years ago now is that so I was just I was comparing those two uh, datas and um, and baptisms were at the same level so we're evangelizing as many as we're growing uh, in that and it's a that was a large sample size so uh, this is a big problem uh, if you're if you're developing ministry your churches are growing exponentially and of course that's a big 
bang the drum on that because the restoration movement churches are growing like crazy while other churches are either dying or trying to maintain. And while that's great, it's only going to be a bubble unless there are leaders to be able to lead these people. And they need to be able to lead them with bib biblical accuracy. They need to, we need to be able to, to uh, train up these people and not dumb it down with a lot of theologically really, really wishy-washy stuff that's out there today. So uh, th this is like further pushing me in this direction. Well, I was at ICOM last November, and uh, of course, Christian Standard has a booth set up there. Russell Johnson brought over a man and introduced that man to me, and he's on this call. His name's John Baxter, and uh, he is the CEO of Nations University, and that was a university name I've never heard of. And I'm thinking, is that restoration movement? Is this a diploma mill? Like, what, do they offer like accredited degrees? Is I mean, I don't know what it is. And and understand, I'm going fast, but understand that I was trying to develop this on my own because I just didn't know that there was anybody else that was doing it. So uh, we sat down together. Um, I found out pretty much pretty quickly that his father's Basil Barrett Baxter, older guys in our movement know that name uh, because uh, he, uh, he was a Church of Christ guy in Nashville that did Herald of Truth radio and television show. He's a pretty notable guy, written, a, I think, probably 18 books. John could tell you better, but uh, did a lot of cutting-edge things for the non-instrumental Church of Christ uh, years ago. And um, uh, so, you know, talking to his son, that, that uh, gave, you know, some, there was some credibility there uh, to continue the conversation. So I started asking questions of, uh, of John, uh, trying to figure out what it was that this uh, university was. Uh, and I'm going to go through those questions in a minute. But to make a long story short, I found out that in the restoration movement, what I was wanting to create had already been created. And it had been created 26 years ago. And uh, things that I didn't see a way for me to be even, even be able to do, they had already done. Like uh, they're, they're fully accredited. So that was like one of, the, one of the many questions I asked him. So I'm gonna go down through some of those, uh, tell you uh, what I found out. Um, I wanted to be sure that it wasn't a diploma mill, that it wasn't just something that, you know, you could send in, you, you know, your box tops from your cereal and get a degree. And I found out, no, that's not true, that it was federally uh, recognized as an accredited institution. And in many ways, it's accreditation. It's called DIAC. It's for online uh, universities is superior to ABHE which is what our Bible colleges use because their credits are transferable to like University of Illinois. Uh, so it had a high level of accreditation. Those of you that know about Church of Christ schools versus independent Christian church schools know that Church of Christ schools have really excelled on the educational side. Where we excel on the evangelism and the discipleship side and growth side, they've really excelled from uh, an educational standpoint 
And, you know, you know that from the names of those schools like Pepperdine and Abilene and Friedman Hardman, Harding and David Lipscomb and, and those. Uh, but we tend to be pretty inbred. So like independent Christian church kind of does their thing. Church of Christ kind of does their thing. And we've been kind of separated. So that I think that's why we really didn't know uh, about them. So I found out that they were accredited. I found out that they were developed as a correspondence course. Some of you are going 26 years ago. Yeah, they didn't even have online 26 years ago. Well, it developed in a different way. And it developed on the mission field. And it was primarily to give Christian education to missionaries and mission people on the mission field. And uh, they were able to do it without uh, charging any money for, for it. I said, so how much does it cost? And, uh, and he said, well, it's $450 a quarter. And your first quarter is free. And I'm kind of trying, shaking my, you know, scratching my head going, 450 bucks a quarter is two quarters a semester is four quarters a year. And he's like, yeah. So I'm going, that's 900 bucks a semester. And he's like, yeah. And he goes, that's only, and he goes, that's only for the 33 developed countries, all the rest of the countries of the world, they can do it for free. It's in the prisons. It's for free. But for the 33 developed countries uh, to underwrite some of what we do, this, this is what we charge. And I go, well, where's the hidden fees? Because uh, there's got to be some hidden fees. And he goes, not really. So I go, so what about books? He goes, well, we have all of our books online and they're all hyperlinked through our, our syllabi. So all of your reading re responsibilities are hyperlinked that way. So there's no cost for books. Um, student fee, there's none of that. So I'm thinking to myself, 450 bucks a quarter, which is $1,800 a year. And uh, they offer, I go, I ask, I ask him, what uh, degrees do you offer? And they offer two certificates. They offer two bachelor's degree. And they offer a master's degree. And they offer an MDiv, a 90-hour master's. And uh, in, their, in their course catalog, most all of their classes are being taught by doctorate level people. Most of them retired or semi-retired from the Church of Christ. Um, of course, I had to ask him, what about your distinctives, the non-instrumental distinctives? Do you push your distinctives? He said, no. I said, uh, how would you feel about independent Christian church professors being a part of your catalog? He said, we would welcome that. Uh, so... Uh, uh, the idea of us being involved and even uh, ministers of the independent Christian or, or pastors or, or professors of the independent Christian church being involved, or they were, they were totally open-armed and open-handed with us. I couldn't find anything that I could see that was it, was, it was like too good to be true kind of thing. So I sent off... Uh, multiple, he sent me a syllabi from his classes, and I had uh, different people that were academics review it. Uh, one of them's on this call, um, Ken Eidelman, he reviewed that, and uh, I think what, the one you told me, Ken, was that you did, uh, you did their, their introduction to Greek, and said, you said you maybe want to take Greek all over again, and uh, I sent it off to Matt Proctor, and, you know, Matt is the president of the Bible College that produces more uh, full-time ministry graduates 
by more than double than any other in the in our uh, stream of the movement. I think they had 118 or something like that last year. So uh, he uh, reassured me about this as well. So in any case, I kind of had it peer reviewed. And, uh, uh, and so John and I started working together because I think this is critically important. The pastors that I'm talking to are trying to, ra are ra are trying to find staff. They're raising them up internally. And they do not have a framework of being able to get them legitimately Bible college educated. And what we're ended up doing is we're spending our money on, uh, on headhunting organizations because we're not getting much through the, the pipeline of, of the Christian colleges. We're getting some, but we're not getting nearly enough. And the problems, particularly for me, and in a rural environment is that you cannot attract people to a rural, rural environment. So the, the only way you're actually going to get leaders, and you know these rural churches are closing like crazy. The only way you're going to get leaders is to be able to raise them up indigenously to empower them. And, uh, and so uh, that is what uh, we began working on and, together. And I have so enjoyed uh, the relationship with John and uh, being able to, uh, to talk to him with, about, about this issue and the, like I said, open-handedness that he has uh, shared with me. And I, I, we wrote an article about it. It was in the May-June issue of uh, Christian Standard. Some of you may have seen it. Some of the things that I put out there is that college is expensive. College requires uprooting. Uh, college campuses are expensive to run. And then uh, talk a little bit about how I met John, the questions and answers that we went through together. And what we've come up with is this. It's called a real residency, R-E-A-L. Uh, the R stands for to remain where you are. So these are people I just want you to imagine something right now. Uh, if you're in a church and you see people, and I'm sure you all do, that really shows promise, like you think that person could really do well in ministry, like full-time ministry. You know, there's a lot of you that probably had a senior pastor take put, put his hand on your shoulder once and say, you know, I see this in you. I think that you could do this. But what are they going to do? Are, they going to, are you going to be able to send them off to a Bible college? Are they already married? Do they already have roots down? Are you in a position where they can't afford it? So this residency idea is remain where you are. Uh, the E stands for engage in practical ministry with, these, with excellent mentors and coaches uh, that are in place already at your local church while you're getting this education. Uh, a stands for afford. You can afford your schooling. $450 a quarter. And by the way, John will point this out if I don't. This is asynchronous. And uh, I think I've got, uh, is Tina Wilson on this call? She was. Tina, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, so Tina is on this call and she's been going through it. So, uh, um, 
just just keep yourself uh, unmuted because I, I really want you to hear from her what her experience has been uh, going through what she's been going through because Tina's been called on to speak at a lot of things, but um, she didn't uh, have the opportunity to finish college, start having kids and raising a family. And she does incredible amount of stuff at Ecclesia Christian Church. Some would argue more than her husband. Uh-huh. But anyway, uh, she really wanted to have that peace, that missing peace in her life. And so she's pursuing that right now. My wife is also doing it uh, right now. And I know others are. So you can remain where you are. You can engage in practical ministry. You can afford your schooling. And you can lead with confidence because you're biblically sound. And that's what we really are looking for, uh, that there's this biblical soundness inside this idea of residency. So, uh, uh, John, uh, you're on the call. I've just kind of been spewing all this out as fast as I can. What do you do? You have anything that you want to add to, add to that? You might need to unmute yourself. Jerry, okay. he's, he's the 229 number, right? I believe he is. Yeah, he's he's muted on this. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that he's muted. I don't know if he's I hearing can't me. unmute him. You what? I can't unmute him. He has to Okay. Well, okay, John, if you can hear me, I want you to try to unmute yourself. In the meantime, I'm going to switch it to uh, Tina Wilson. I want you to share with me what your experience has been. Would you do that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I enrolled while we were in Aruba, actually, after Jerry's stirring Christian Standard Board I'm, Meeting I'm presentation. Okay, that's John. John, if you'll hold on, I would like Tina to finish I'm talking and then I'll have you step in, okay? Go ahead, Tina. Okay. Um, yeah, I enrolled about a month ago in Aruba. And I just finished um, the certificate in biblical studies that Nations offers. It's like a 21-hour certificate. So, you know, all their kind of preliminary classes, spirituality, one-on-one, -on -one, New Testament, Old Testament, exegesis. Um, loved it. I, I think it's incredible. I'm eager to continue continue forwarding it uh, in it. I have my proctor sitting here with me who has to supervise me taking an exam today so that I can continue. But it's solid, totally solid. And I have, um, I've had, Allison is, is enrolled too. And I've had two other pastor's wives, Kim Hamlin enroll also. I, for, for people like us who, you know, jumped right into ministry and, and didn't have the opportunity to do college right out the gate for whatever reason, it's perfect. Yeah, and uh, one other thing that I think is a neat caveat for you, you have your children that are serving with you at church, and so you get the opportunity to actually go to college with your kids. Could you talk about that? Yeah, definitely. They, um, they are going to be enrolling. They did dual enrollment through Central while they were in their last two years of high school, and uh, they have both, my two oldest, have now graduated, so uh, they're going to be switching over and and doing nations with me probably in the fall. They've both taken the summer off from taking courses. So they have some time to pray about their direction because neither one is certain of their path forward. They know it is, uh, it involves Jesus and it involves ministry. 
So no matter how you slice it, this degree probably works for them. But yeah, what we anticipate is that they will enroll also in the fall. So uh, yeah, that's a great, that's another great opportunity to do that right alongside them. So John, uh, you're uh, able to speak to us now. Uh, I see you're muted again. If you would unmute yourself again, um, uh, I, I'd like to hear from you and give you an opportunity to speak uh, to these guys uh, and share any thoughts that you might I'm have. John. I'm not John. Oh, you're not John. Okay. I'm not John. Okay, so maybe John's not on. He's been trying to get on, but I guess he wasn't able to. Anyway. Uh, I, I just have a John B. joining right now. Oh, you do? Yep. Let's see. It just says joining. Sorry about the technical difficulties on that on that side. And, and sorry for my assumption that the 229 number <laughs> was him. Jerry, maybe it just says John B is joining. So maybe you want to give it a few minutes. Okay. Well, uh, I'll tell you what I'll do while that, uh, while we're trying to let me know when he does get on. Uh, but uh, what questions do you have? Because we need some time for questions. Because I would really like for you guys to consider what it is that you're doing in your hiring process as you're growing. What questions do you have that we can answer uh, pertaining to Nations University? What's the fastest way for us to find out information to learn about enrollment, stuff like that? Is there a website? Yes. Uh, and uh, they, uh, you can get on and you can look at it. It's uh, nationsu.edu. Uh, um, and you can, you can surf around and take a look at that. Um, and uh, is that what you did? Uh, 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 <laughs> Uh, struggling. Struggle. Tina, is that what you did? Uh, just got on the website, signed up via the website? Yeah, yeah. After you presented it at that last Christian Standard Board meeting, I went on their website, signed up, got an immediate response. Actually, I just, you know, I had to send my transcripts because I finished like two years of college before I started having kids. So I had to find two decade old transcripts, have them sent over. And I just actually got my official enrollment letter yesterday so a month later but by the time I got that I had you know I've already moved through the certificate program through the first 21 hours which in my opinion is one of the the greatest assets of the program and it's not a diploma mill so I don't want to make it sound like that but the fact that you can work at your own pace so if you're familiar with scripture you can you know you can fly through what you can fly through and that makes it incredibly cost effective because, you know, in one month, I did 21 hours. I'm not limited to signing up for 15 credit hours over a whole semester. Right. So, you know, they don't take anything. They're starting you at, at ground zero. Allison's been taking, uh, she's in her second class uh, right now. And uh, uh, she, she'll she come out and talk to me. She goes, this is really hard. I mean, it's uh, there's, there's a lot of comprehensive uh, questions in these uh, regular exams that you take and then the uh, papers that you write. So, I mean, there is homework and there is, there is testing and, uh, and you're graded and uh, uh, it, it's very good. So you can just get on uh, 
nationsu.edu and uh, go from there. Uh, other questions? Looks like John B is on. John, are you yes. there? Oh, I'm here. great. Hi. Hi, I'm so sorry. No, um, I, uh, I, I misfired this morning and then ended up uh, having to download the, uh, the Zoom app on my iPhone, which takes a little while when you're in a low bandwidth area. So, John, uh, just I don't know how much did you were you able to hear much of what I said? I, I did not hear uh, anything that you were able to share with the group. I, I heard, um, uh, I, I think, a very positive bit of feedback from the young lady who just spoke uh, just, okay. just a moment ago. I, I really appreciate her synopsis of what studying for the first month was like. Uh, uh, John, uh, talk a little bit about uh, your educational background and uh, 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 kind of the the genesis of the of the uh, nation's university and uh, the people that 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 had the vision for it to begin with. All right, uh, let me start with uh, the the history of nation's university. Twenty seven years ago. Um, our, our founders uh, were retiring as college professors, Christian University professors, Mac Lynn and Dick Aidey, and they had a desire to uh, try to make education available uh, to students who would otherwise just never be able to access it. They also had the desire to try to uh, make good education available for students from other countries uh, who were unable uh, typically to come to the U.S. to study and they had seen a number of students who had made it to the U.S. to study, uh, uh, frankly, kind of fall in love with our culture and not want to return home. And, and so the, the thought was, let's try to make this available to people where they are so that they don't have to leave ministry, they don't have to uproot themselves, and they can, they can gain more skills uh, so that they can serve God where they are. So that, uh, that turned into Nations University. Um, our, our faculty, our volunteer faculty, uh, we have a, a variety of people from uh, that. Uh, the majority, I think, are probably emeritus professor types from Christian universities. We, we are not um, uh, specific just to Restoration Heritage uh, 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 movement in terms of who our professors are. And so we have a number of professors from, uh, uh, from other traditions. And as long as they are willing not to try to uh, teach their particular uh, tradition, um, and they are willing to uh, uh, focus on what scripture says and follow the syllabus uh, as it's written, then, then we certainly welcome their input and allow them to teach. My own background is uh, a little bit of an odd story. I have a doctorate in psychology. Uh, I also have a master's from Harding Graduate School of Religion. Uh, undergraduate, I was uh, a, a both a psychology and Bible major at David Lipscomb University. And my, uh, uh, my, my desire as I uh, uh, continued my studies was to try to prepare myself, uh, frankly, to help more on the mental health side of things uh, than in direct ministry. As I've retired from almost four years of service in uh, corrections and in, in federal and state and private corrections, 
and behavioral health. I've been on the board of Nations University for some time, and they were looking for an interim CEO and asked me if I'd be willing to do that, and I've become the president uh, since that time. Uh, I love being in this chapter of my life and um, uh, with a sense of trying to give back in a way, and I, th I think that's really the, the spirit of our founders and the faculty that we have at the university. We're trying to make something available to people who would just otherwise not have access to it. And we want to serve God's kingdom as, as, we're, as we're doing that and prepare them to better serve God's kingdom. And how so many, I mean, there's, a, there's a, a lot of guys in your catalog. I don't know how many uh, and how many classes, but it's in the hundreds uh, of, of what is offered, right? Yes, there's over 100 uh, different uh, courses. We have... Uh, uh, 50 faculty that are that are helping with those uh, uh, various courses, and so uh, you can do the math in terms of how many faculty are assigned. And so, it's a uh, uh, it's it's a great uh, effort. Uh, it's something that we want to make. Uh, uh, make available to people who are who are already serving and uh, help them avoid uh, the the challenges of trying to uproot and, and go to a university uh, we also encourage though frankly um, if if somebody already has a relationship with a Christian university we want uh, we want people to take advantage of those and so we're not trying in any way to compete with the Christian universities that are out there uh, we 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 don't want to see enrollment dwindle in our Christian universities. Uh, those of you who have taken courses online know how difficult it is. Uh, you also know what you don't have uh, typically, and that is other people studying around you. And if you're doing this on your own, it's uh, you're, you're, you're in a situation where you really have to motivate yourself uh, you don't have quite as much in terms of encouragement and fellowship around you in terms of going through the same classes. So uh, while it's a wonderful opportunity that we're making available, it takes a very special kind of student that has that drive uh, and energy and motivation um, and, and commitment, frankly, uh, to get through it and take advantage of everything that it offers. Yeah, well, the nice thing about that in a residency program is that you're, you should be surrounded locally by your, you, by the pastor of your church. And I mean, I want you to just think about this economically. Okay. Uh, uh, if, if we have, like I said, four contracts out of slingshot, they run between 18 and $22,000, sometimes higher than that. I think Vander Blomans even more. And there's no guarantee when you spend that 20,000 plus that you're even going to get somebody that, uh, somebody that you really are going to be able to, to utilize. This is, uh, can you imagine just saying, okay, we want you to prepare for ministry. And as a church, we're going to cover that for you. And we're going to take on that responsibility. You think what you're, what you're doing, your first quarter is free. And then you're, you're paying $450 a quarter out of church funds to develop a leader indigenously. I just, I mean, to me, this is just like, you know, so incredible, such an incredible opportunity. And, uh, and it was always there. One thing I've learned with Christian Standard is that there are a lot of things that we want to invent that have already been invented and they've been invented well. Um, 
I think the first time that my eyes were really open to that was when I started learning about Marshall Keeble. And uh, then that led me to an understanding of Fred Gray. And I'm thinking, I mean, here we have this major role in the civil rights movement we didn't even know we had because we didn't have a relationship with the African-American Church of Christ. And when we developed that, we started learning things about this movement that we didn't know. And that kind of ignorance isn't good. When we were in Aruba, I was able to have a, a conversation with Jerome Gay, wrote a book called The, the Whitewashing of Christianity. It's an incredible book. Um, and I had, you know, I, and it, those kind of things make me angry because I'm thinking, why didn't I know this? And it's, be, it's because you learn these things in relationship. And I love the idea of being connected uh, to the Church of Christ this way. Uh, because, uh, you know, here we are working cooperatively, and I think we can build a bridge, uh, really a reunification bridge through education. And that to me is very exciting, is that I, I just feel like God is on the move. The Holy Spirit's working through this. And I wanted all of you guys to know this is available to you. It's there right now for you. And uh, you want to, uh, if you're wanting to raise people up in your location this is this is a way for you to do it uh it's 1201 i see that and uh, uh someone asked about what real was it's remain engage afford and lead remain where you are engage in practical ministry uh where you are uh, 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 afford your schooling and lead with confidence that's r-e-a-l and if you want to read all about it you can get free on to christianstandard.com, download the May-June issue, and you can read uh, uh, all the specifics. christianstandard.com, the May-June issue, okay? Any other questions? If there are any questions for me, uh, I can be reached at johnb.nationsu.edu and would welcome any, any questions or, or conversation. All right, I'm going to turn it over to... Uh, I don't know if I'm turning it over to Renee or Megan, but I'm turning it over.